Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, October 2nd. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so it is the first Monday of October, so as always at the beginning of the month, let's go over what's going on in the sports world for October. And starting literally today, actually a little bit of yesterday, was World Championships for Gymnastics. Yesterday just started qualifying, and we'll have event finals, team final this week, um, event finals as well as the all-around final. That will begin again today and run through the 8th. Also, the postseason for the MLB starts on the 3rd, so that's tomorrow, and runs through November 4th is the final day of the World Series. If we need to go to Game 7, the World Series begins on the 27th. Then we have Beach Volleyball World Championships, which will take place October 6th through the 15th. And then Formula One comes to Austin. So they run at Circuit of the Americas, and that will be October 22nd. So that's what happens over the next month. But let's go ahead and dive straight in to MLB because the season is over and the divisions have officially been decided and some even came down to the end. The American League West was intense as we had a winner, playoff berth, and an elimination all on the line this week in a three-way battle. It was all up in the air with the Rangers taking the lead last week, but we'll see what this week brought. The Astros won five of the last six games to rally, including two of the three against the Mariners, whereas the Rangers lost four of their last seven, including three to the Mariners. So the win on Saturday put the Astros officially into playoffs, so they were not in that eliminated spot, but not sure about the division until Dallas lost their game on Sunday 1-0. to zero. That put the Houston team and Dallas team tied with the same win percentage with 90 wins and 72 losses, but the Strohs had the tiebreaker, which is the head-to-head record against the Rangers. Astros won nine of those 13 games that they played each other. And then the Brewers solidified their spot this week as well with wins in four of the last six games. They end the season with 92 wins and 70 losses that also eliminated the rest of their division from playoffs. But they officially grab the the National League Central Division. So to kind of go over the American League, let's go over who won each division. So the East was the Orioles, the Central was the Twins, and the West were the Astros. In the National League, the East was won by the Braves, the Central was won by the Brewers, and the West by the Dodgers. Now, who was eliminated, let's also go over that. So in the National League, we add the Cubs, the Reds, the Padres, and the Giants. And then in the American League, we add the Tigers and the Mariners. So that they join the other teams that were already previously eliminated. Speaking of the eliminated teams, the Rockies hit the 100th loss this week and ended with 103 losses for the season. They are not alone, though, in hitting that three-digit mark. The White Sox and the Royals had 101 and 106 losses, respectively, but the A's were the worst in the league with 112, surpassing their franchise record low of 109. 
On the flip side of that, the Braves may have lost their season finale to the Nationals 9-10, to but Ozuna home run twice, which means the Atlanta team tied the MLB single season record of 307 home runs. Ozuna ended the season with 40 himself. The other team that hit the 307 mark was the 2019 Twins. The Braves did also break the old MLB record for slugging percentage with .501. Needless to say, they finished with the league best record of 104 wins and 58 losses. The Orioles and the Dodgers did manage to break into that three digit category win as well with 101 and 100 respectively also we say goodbye to two-time world series champion pitcher tim wakefield who has died from complications with brain cancer at the age of 57 wakefield was known for his 17 year tenure at the red sox where he won 200 games 186 with the boston team that is third in their franchise history He is the leader in innings pitched as a Red Sox with 3,006 innings. God, that's a long time. He is already in the Red Sox Hall of Fame, and his jersey number three was retired by his college. We just found out about his brain cancer last week after a former teammate disclosed it on a podcast without Wakefield's permission. His family has asked for privacy. And now moving along to college football, we actually had some upsets this week and we had five ranked teams lose. We started on Friday with quarterback Cam Rising being out that finally took a toll on number 10, Utah. Number 19, Oregon State had a nice bounce back win at home, beating the Utes 21 to 7. The only touchdown scored by Utah was in the final six minutes of the game. After losing to number 21, Washington State, in a close one the week before, the Beavs get the upset here, and they have their work cut out for them, though, this season because they will actually end with Washington and Oregon, who currently sit at number seven and number eight, respectively. So a killer end to the Pac-12 season for the Beavs. And let's go to a ranked-versus-ranked matchup in the SEC. And SEC fans, close your ears because this game had some bad defense like three quarters of 21 points by a single team bad but it was super entertaining though I will say number 20 Ole Miss came out hot scoring 21 points in the first quarter then number 13 LSU returned the favor making it 28 31 at half and it looked like LSU was going to escape with another close game leading 42 to 34 at the start of the fourth quarter and then 49 to 40 with eight minutes left LSU has it was 95 and 1 when scoring 49 points or more. But then again, Lane Kiffin and the Rebels offense went charging down the field in a slightly over the 2-minute drill. But we're now at 49 to 47. Still LSU. LSU gained 20 yards in their first play, but the Rebels defense came up with a big stop and forced a punt. Then they get the ball back with 2.36 on the clock, and all they need is a field goal. It wasn't needed, though, as they took eight plays to go with a full 88 yards needed, and really 54 yards happened in about three plays because it was terrifying at the beginning and got a little bit easier as you started getting big chunks out of that. But they did get a touchdown to go up 55-49. to 49. Good thing, too, because LSU went 49 yards and were absolutely in field goal range, but could not get the touchdown to end the game, and Ole Miss upsets LSU. 
This is Ole Miss's first SEC game with 300 yards in both rushing and passing and 711 total, which is their SEC best. Only other time, by the way, that LSU has scored over 49 points and lost because they were 95-1. and That loss came in that seven-overtime game against Texas A&M. Number 17, Duke hosted college game day for the first time ever for football for their game against number 11, Notre Dame. And it was all Notre Dame early in a slugfest, just 10 to zip at half. But Duke fought back, scoring 14 points in the second half. It was not enough, though, as Notre Dame wins their 30th straight game over an ACC team, 21 to 14. More problematic for the Blue Devils is that their star quarterback, Riley Riley Leonard, went out on the final drive with an ankle injury. They will definitely need him if they want to keep being competitive at this level and have a chance of winning the ACC. Unranked yet undefeated, Kentucky put the beatdown on number 22, Florida, in a big upset. It was 22-7 at half, and the final was 33-14. Kentucky running back Ray Davis was responsible for four touchdowns himself. One of those touchdowns even happened after Florida had 13 men on the field for a goal line stand but couldn't keep the Wildcats out of the end zone anyway. So the exact opposite problem of Notre Dame, which only had 10 men on the field the week before at Ohio State. Now we have 13 men on the field. I guess we just are finding that football players and coaches cannot count lately. (laughs) So kind of funny there. Number three, Texas also could have let this trap game slash look ahead game get to them, but number 24, Kansas, was ranked, so I think that helped them refocus a little bit. The Longhorns get it done easily, winning 40 to 14 against Kansas's backup QB. Other major storylines from the weekend is personally, should Georgia be ranked number one? Because Auburn went up 10 to zip on back on the back-to-back champs by the end of the first quarter. Then it was all Georgia. They tied it up 10-10 at half. That is admittedly when I thought, oh well, that was fun while it lasted, but Really, I was kind of surprised. Auburn kept coming. It was tied 20-20 with only 6-21 to go in the game. But that's when tight end Brock Bowers really hit his stride, helping the Dogs score their final and game-winning touchdown off of a 40-yard pass. He is one of the best tight ends we've seen in college football at least in a long time, if not maybe ever. Georgia escapes 27-20. to They are the only team in the top 25 to not cover a single game all season. The other one before this week was number two, Michigan and number two, Michigan finally covered a spread and actually looked like the number two team in the country beating Nebraska 45 to seven. Unlike last week, Colorado actually put up a fight. It took Caleb Williams throwing a career high six touchdowns to beat Colorado 48 to 41. Now, number eight USC was up 34 to 14 at half, but the Buffs managed to pull within a score and were driving down the field. Truthfully, it never really looked like USC would actually lose this game. But that being said, Caleb Williams didn't ride the bench like he probably thought he was going to. And USC's huge problems on defense continue to be an issue for them. And it might cost them a championship. Number six, Penn State had a slower than expected start against Northwestern. They were tied 10-10 at half. After that, though, the Nittley Lions turned it on, winning thoroughly 41-13. 
Number seven, Washington let Arizona hang around, only winning 31 to 24. Not a super impressive win there by the Huskies. At one point during this game in the second half, UCF led 35 to 7 over the Baylor Bears. But the Bears, who have had a rough go this season, did not roll over. And Baylor scored 29 unanswered points and won off a 25 yard field goal, beating the Knights by one point, 36 to 35. When trailing by 25 points or more, Teams were 892 to zero with the last comeback coming in 2017 from that high of a differential. And then West Virginia and TCU went toe to toe in a back and forth game in the big 12 TCU would score and West Virginia would tie it up. And again, and again, literally TCU did not trail until the final quarter with 10 minutes remaining in the game. When West Virginia scored a 49 yard field goal, West Virginia beats the number two champs last year, 24 to 21. And then in the top 25 this week, Kentucky will obviously make its debut on the list after their big win over Florida. Also breaking in is undefeated Louisville. No surprise that Florida and Kansas drop out after their losses. Utah, Duke, and LSU all lost, but are still ranked. USC also got punished for the second straight week for giving up so many points against an unranked team. They dropped one spot, and there are no changes inside the top seven. Also interesting is I wanted to point out the undefeated teams that are not ranked, and those include Maryland, although they play Ohio State this weekend, so maybe not, James Madison, Marshall, Air Force, and Liberty. Moving along to the NFL, and the Bears have yet to get a win with another loss, this time close in a close one with the Broncos. The Denver team were down 28-14 to 14 at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but scored 17 unanswered points to win by three. The Vikings handed the Panthers another loss, winning 21-13. to 13. The Chargers did all their scoring in the first half with 24 points, but that's all they needed to put away the Raiders, winning 24-17. to 17. The Rams-Colts game was a tale of two halves, as the first half, it was all Rams and the L.A. team going up 20 to zip. But the Colts came back second half, scoring all of their 23 needed points to force an overtime. However, the Rams scored a touchdown in OT to put the game away. This was not the only game to go into overtime, though, as well. And the undefeated Eagles needed overtime to get it done against the Commanders. We went to overtime with both teams scoring 31 points apiece. The Commanders went three and out while the Eagles nailed a 54-yard field goal for the W. And that kicker, actually, Jake Elliott, now has his 100th career. And with that game winner there in overtime, how fitting. But now let's talk about some of the not-so-close games because that was all of the close games this week, so not a ton going on. Running back Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers, who has been plagued by injury, is having a great season. He added four scores to his record this weekend, getting in the end zone four times, giving the 49ers 35-16 to win over the Cardinals. The Bills quarterback Josh Allen went off with five touchdowns, handing the Dolphins their first loss of the season, winning 48-20. to There were also a lot of like 20-plus point to single-digit wins this week. Six, actually, to be exact. The Cowboys beat the Patriots by the worst margin in Belichick's career. That is the head coach there, winning 38-3. to 
the Patriots have benched their starting quarterback, and that doesn't happen, and it doesn't seem to have worked because they still got zero touchdowns. The Texans won their second game of the season. Say what? Beating the Steelers 30-6. to The Jags beat the Falcons 23-7, to including a 61-yard pick six. Titans run back, running back Derrick Henry got to pass the ball. Yes, pass the ball in a trick play, shutting down the Bengals 27-3. to Quarterback Baker Mayfield is making a comeback in Tampa, beating the Saints 26-9. to The Patriots, Saints, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers all did not score a single touchdown this weekend. And then, of course, we got to talk about it for all you Swifties out there and for hopefully some of you newcomers to the podcast, the power of hashtag trailer is coming because ticket sales for the Chiefs Jets game hit a record and sold 34% more in the single day all season long than any other game because of Swifties and knowing Taylor would be in attendance for the Chiefs versus the, the Jets game. Taylor this time brought a bunch of celebs with her to the game as it was in New York, including Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, and Hugh Jackman. So it was a star-studded event. The Jets tried to keep it close and even had a late interception on quarterback Patrick Mahomes, but there was a penalty on the play that brought the interception back and the Chiefs pulled out a win, 23-20. to so this after this week, we only have two undefeated teams left in the entire NFL, the 49ers and the Eagles. And then we have two teams that have yet to get a win, the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Moving along to the golf world, if many of y'all were confused because we saw a team event in the world of golf, that's because it was the Ryder Cup this weekend. And after Friday, it was no surprise that Team Europe won the Ryder Cup. Team USA failed to win a single match on the first day, trailing Europe six and a half points to one and a half points. Although the Americans didn't play that badly the first day, it was just Europe's day. Rom made two eagles on the final three holes, and Hovland and Rose both sank crucial, well-timed birdie putts to steal full points away from the United States. The second day was more of the same, but the United States did get a win eventually. Not by world number one, Scotty Scheffler and live golfer Brooks Kepka, though, who suffered the worst defeat in Ryder Cup history, losing nine and seven. That means they lost nine holes and they only had seven laps to play. Needless to say, they were both benched that afternoon. The afternoon went way better for the United States, winning three of the four points available, but that still puts U.S. trailing 10.5 to 5.5 after day two, and they would literally need the biggest comeback in history to win. The largest comeback had only been done from 10 to 7, 10 to 6 points, not 10.5 to 5.5. The most points ever on Sunday singles has been eight, which was the United States would need, but the United States still lost when that did happen in 1977 Ryder Cup. They still lost by a half point. Sunday was, well, there's just no other word for it, but inevitable, inevitable 14 and a half was the magic number. And it's hard to rally seven straight points without tying a single match. After the first five matches, Europe only needed 0.5 points in the home of Fitzpatrick matchup. And that's where we were in kind of the timing. Max Homa, though, a Ryder Cup rookie played well in Rome going three, one and one and playing all five sessions. 
He was nothing short of clutch on 18. His tee shot went wide and he had to take an unplayable, which means adding a penalty stroke. And all Fitzpatrick needed to do was make an 18 foot birdie putt to seal the Ryder cup with a half point tying the match, but he missed. And then Max Homa made a clutch seven footer to save his point and keep the United States hopes alive. Then we made it all the way to 14 to 10 before the nail was put in the coffin. When Ricky Fowler hit the water on 18, that was it. Fleetwood would have needed to like three putt something that was already on the green to literally not win his point. So that did solidify the Europe takeover of the Ryder Cup. Just goes to show you that Team Europe is hard to beat when they play at home in Europe. This was in Rome, Italy. The United States hasn't managed to beat them on European soil since 1993. If you're like, this sounds really cool. I want to go back and like read a little bit more about this. I do have how the Ryder Cup works on the blog and I have linked that um, episode in that pod, that uh, blog post to this post, as well as I also have an update for when we last had the Ryder Cup, which was in 2021. So feel free to check that out if you're like, I have no idea what this is talking about. <laughs> but moving along to Olympic sports, world championships in gymnastics has begun. Again, it was only qualifying, but still. And Simone Biles is already making a splash. She debuted a new vault last night, which is now her fifth named element and the second on the vault. The Yurchenko double pike, which is a round off into a backhand spring and then a double pike off the vault, had never been done in international competitions, so now it is officially known as the Biles 2. The U.S. team put up a total of 171.395 points in qualifying, with Italy qualifying in second a full nine points behind. So obviously Team USA is the favorite to win the team title, which will be decided on Wednesday. All-around finals are Friday, and then event finals will be Saturday and Sunday. For the first time ever, we had road running championships were held, so no surprise that world records were broken as we are just beginning this discipline. And United States Hob Kessler ran a 3-minute 59-second point one three, beating the previous mark by 5 full seconds, which was actually set back in April. And then Ethiopia's Deribe Watelje stunned the favorite Kenyan Faith Kipyegon to win with a time of 4 minutes, 20 seconds, 0.98. Too bad the men competed after the women because the previous world record for the women was set by Nikki Hiltz from the United States, although it was 7 seconds slower than it is now. And we would have had two United States people holding world records at the same time. But alas, Ethiopia gets the women's and the United States gets the men's. Also, interestingly, we've got a couple of countries that have put their name in the hat to potentially host the 2036 Olympic Games. Poland, Indonesia, Mexico, and India have all kind of raised their hands. Now, we used to do this by like a huge committee and public voting and all of that. That was all very like publicly scrutinized. Now it's just private talks with the IOC. And then we go from there. Turkey and Hungary are also expected to put their names in eventually. The 2032 games has already been decided and has been given to Brisbane, Australia. More world records went down as North Korean weightlifters broke world records on Saturday at the Asian Games. Ree Sung-gum snatched 92 kilos and clean and jerked 124 kilos 
for a combined 216. Now that equates to 476 pounds to win the 49 kilo category. And then later, Kang Young Young snatched 103 kilos and 130 kilos for a combined 233 kilos, which is 513 pounds in the 55 kilo category. The previous record in 2019 in that discipline was 227. So we broke it by five kilos, which is just kind of crazy that we're already breaking it at that big of a margin. So that is what happened over the last week in the world of sports. I know it was a lot going on, but let's go over what to watch this upcoming week as we've got postseason for the MLB starting tomorrow with our wildcard games. Remember, wildcard games are best of three only. So it is a series of three if needed. So really, we could just have games Tuesday and Wednesday and then if necessary on Thursday. So you'll get the American League wildcard game, game one, Rangers at the Rays at two on ABC. Other American League wildcard game will be the Blue Jays at the Twins at 3.30 on ESPN. For the National League, Diamondbacks at the Brewers at six on ESPN two. And the second wildcard game in the National League, the Marlins at the Phillies at seven on ESPN. Game twos are exactly the same times and channels for Wednesday and for Thursday, if necessary. Then we have a day off on Friday and then they go straight back to it. So no break for the real Friday, I guess is a break, but otherwise no break for the wild card winners. Because if you win the wild card, you get to go on to the American League Division Series. So Saturday, game one, TBD at the Orioles at TBD on TBD. Then uh, the other American League will be playing the Astros again at TBD on TBD. So all of that's going to follow. The National League game one, they will, we will determine the wild card winner will play the Braves. And then the other wild card winner will play the Dodgers. Then on Sunday, the American League will have their game two. And then on Monday, the National League game two. Again, all of that is at TBD on TBD kind of stuff. So I didn't bother repeating it 80,000 times. I don't want to bore you guys. So moving along to college football, and it is literally one of the best weekends of the year because it is OU Texas, and that is where game day is this week. So top 25 games of the week start with number 12, Oklahoma at number three, Texas. Remember, this is actually held in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. That will be on Saturday at 11 a.m. on ABC. Texas is favored by six and a half. Then number 23, LSU visits 21, Mizzou, and undefeated Mizzou, also at 11 a.m. on ESPN. LSU favored by six and a half. Number 11, Alabama plays Texas A&M at 2.30 on CBS. Bama favored by two and a half. Then number 20, and undefeated and newly ranked, Kentucky plays number one, Georgia, at six on ESPN. Georgia favored by 14 and a half. And then number 10, Notre Dame, for the third straight week in a row, will play a ranked team. Number 25, Louisville, will play at 6.30 on ABC. Notre Dame is favored by seven. In the NFL, Monday Night Football tonight, and actually happening right now, is the Seahawks at the Giants at 7.15. You can watch that on ABC or ESPN. Thursday Night Football will be on Prime, but that will be the Bears at the Commanders at 7.15. Sunday, we start bright and early with the Jaguars at the Bills at 8.30 a.m. That will be on NFL Network. That is because it is taking place in London. Then we have six games at noon on Fox or CBS. If you're like, wow, that seems like less than normal, it is because we actually have bye weeks starting this week as well. 
The CBS games are Titans at the Colts, the Saints at the Patriots, and the Ravens at the Steelers. And the Fox games are the Texans at the Falcons, the Panthers at the Lions, or the Giants at the Dolphins. Then at 3.05 on Fox, you can either catch the Eagles at the Rams or the Bengals at the Cardinals. And then at 3.45 on CBS, the Jets at the Broncos or the Chiefs at the Vikings. Then Sunday night football will be the Cowboys at the 49ers. So again, undefeated 49ers at 7.20 on NBC. Then next week's Monday night football is the Packers at the Raiders at 7.15 on ABC or ESPN. In the world of golf, we do have the PGA back in action at the Sanderson Farms. That will be every day on Golf Channel at 3 p.m. You can also catch the Corn Ferry Tour, which is basically the minor leagues. Their tour championship also begins this week. So you can catch that starting on Thursday, round one at one on Golf Channel. And then it moves to 11 a.m. every day after that. We do have some Formula One in action this week before they come to America. They stop by in Qatar or Qatar and for the Grand Prix there. That will begin at noon on ESPN. A little bit of Olympic news to catch or Olympic uh, events to catch up on is Wednesday volleyball, NCAA women's Illinois versus Purdue. That will be at 5 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Saturday, you can actually catch the world championships continuing in sport climbing. That will be lead and speed. That's kind of nice. At 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. Sunday, you can catch Rugby World World Cup at 11 on NBC. And then Gymnastics World Championships highlights will be at 1 o'clock on CNBC. The rest of gymnastics will only be able to be streamed on Peacock, so that's why you don't see it on the blog. That wraps it up for me this week. For those of you who are new, maybe you're Swifties trying to catch up on the sports game, feel free to check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. I've got literally rules of the game, common vocab you need to know, all to better understand football and be able to talk it with the boys. I do this weekly update every Monday to keep you up to date with what's going on. So I'll catch you all next week.